Thanks for listening to Rams Uncensored. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please don't forget to rate and subscribe. Leave a few comments. You can do that easily through the Apple iTunes podcast or also by subscribing through podcasts.com just by searching Rams Uncensored. You can also follow me on Twitter at It's Matt in LA where I post these podcasts among other podcasts that I do. Now let's get to the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening in to this episode of Rams Uncensored. Of course, we got Brian Giwano, a new mainstay in the show, Tommy Avance, and always joining on time this time, Mark Lujan. All right, guys. One of the topics that's been crossing my mind a lot is that this is the team of destiny. Not only are we back in the Super Bowl after a 17-year hiatus, but we're playing the team that took us down and ended essentially what could have been one of the greatest dynasties, I feel, with Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf and Mike Martin. But that's a story for another day, but now we get revenge, and that's what's on my mind, and I feel like this is a team of destiny because now a new era of Ram football is going to start. Jared Goff is the next best thing since Tom Brady, I feel. He, he's, he's a student of the game, just like Tom is, and I'm excited. What are you guys' thoughts? So, yeah, I agree. I don't think that you go all in with, you know, putting together an amazing coaching staff the first year, starting with McVay. And, and you know, a lot of people aren't talking about this. Great coaches don't have huge egos. Sean McVay, first time ever coaching, brings in Wade Phillips, an experienced coach in the NFL, and keeps – which I, I think this is the, the best move he did was keeping um, Bones as our special teams coach. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Don't always feel like you have to bring in your guys. And that's what I like about Sean McVay. And then Les bringing in all these extra pieces this offseason to try to get this trophy. It would be a disaster if we're not able to pull this off against a team full of dudes and Tom and Bill. I'm sorry. I just don't see them winning this game. I really don't. Brian? Uh, you know, I, I know you said team of destiny. I don't know if I ever believe in the, the word destiny when it comes to uh, sports franchises, to be honest with you. Um, this team has real similarities to the 99 team, whereas the team was really bad for a long time. They built up a lot of high draft picks um, and really it took a great coach to bring it all together. Back in 99, it was Vermeil. It took Vermeil a couple more years than it took McVeigh. but um, you're seeing this real t- togetherness, this cohesiveness of all these high draft picks along with their guys that they brought in. They went out and traded for Brandon Cooks, went out and traded for Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, um, brought in Ndamukong Sue. But what you're seeing is just this core that got drafted over years along with some major pieces that got put together with them. And they're really coming together at the right time. I mean, they had a little downfall towards the end of the season and they needed that. They needed to get punched in the face. They needed to really know what losing felt like before they got to the playoffs. So that we didn't have a repeat of last year in Atlanta. Um, Tommy's point is great. You know, 
McVay really doesn't have an ego, even though he looks like he does. Um, I mean, he's probably the prettiest coach in the league. I'd fuck him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> he brought in a lot of good coaches around him. He brings in Wade Phillips, who has coached longer than he's been alive. Um, and then he's brought in a lot of smart guys around him who are all getting head coaching opportunities around the league. So it's pretty awesome to see what's happening. Like I said, I don't believe in destiny, but I do believe this team is good enough to beat the Patriots. Patriots are still a great system. I don't think they have the talent that matches it up. So as long as we play our game, we should be able to win. Mark, you order yet? Or are you ready to talk? Or should I keep going? Should I keep, uh... keep going? Okay. Keep going. I'm about to, yeah. Well. He's in the line of all lines. <laughs> well, the- Sean McVay's success that he's had early on reminds me of another coach who came into the league and had success quickly, and and it's a, he's a well-known name in college football, Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, he never had a, a losing season in his four years in San Francisco, but the energy he had that he brought to the to San Francisco it was it was similar to Seattle, and you can see you know him using that similar running type of quarterback when. Alex Smith actually went down and he was able to use Kaepernick and he utilized his quarterbacks really well. And just the success he had, obviously he went to a Super Bowl his first year. He never went back, but he went to NFC championships. I mean, it's hard to get back to the Super Bowl. It's hard to get back to NFC championships and back to back years too. But I feel, I feel that we can kind of see this similar success start to pile on for Sean McVay, right? Maybe back to back NFC championships, back to back Super Bowls. That's big. That's you know that's on the Patriots level. I don't know if that's you know something that, that they can consider doing because if they win this Super Bowl, it's about how they handle the success, right? We saw how the Philadelphia Eagles handled that success, and it's going to be something different. It's going to be a different experience for all those guys, for Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, if they happen to win on Sunday and and they're champions come starting next season. So. Uh, I'm interested to see where this where this story is going to start going. As you know, it, this is just the beginning chapters of Sean McVay and his tenure with the Rams. But it, I don't want. I hope that what happened in San Francisco never happens in here in L.A. What happened with Trent Baalke and 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 Harbaugh and that that sourness and that's what ended up leaving one of the greatest NFL head coaches in the last decade to not even be in the league anymore. I mean, and that's what Sean McVay is right now. He's one of the top coaches, right? After two years, we can say that in this decade, he's going to, he's already solidified himself. He's not, we don't think he's just going to be some, some dude who just came in and was successful for two years. But Matt, you brought up a great point when Balky and Harbaugh got into it. It's because Harbaugh had an ego going back to Tommy's point. He, He, he had too big of an ego, and he couldn't get along. I agree 100%. My brother is a Niners fan, unfortunately. So I really – and then being a Rams fan, I really watched this team closely. I think uh, talent-wise, from 2002 till now, they are our biggest competition, uh, especially now. They just have a terrible training staff, and they can't stay healthy. That's their biggest problem right now. Um, but Harbaugh's mistake was – his ego, just like Brian said, just like Fisher, they want it to be their way and they want to be right. He came in, Alex Smith was already the quarterback. 
Um, that team, it, when Alex got injured against the Rams in the tie game in San Francisco, uh, Jeff Fisher's first year, I was at the game. And I was sitting next to my brother, and I told my brother, if you guys don't put Alex Smith back in when he's healthy, you will not win the Super Bowl. And they didn't. I think they would have won the Super Bowl if Alex Smith would have been their quarterback throughout. What Jim Harbaugh did for Alex Smith's career was amazing. But he wanted so bad to have Kaepernick be the guy that put him over the top because that was his guy. That's who he wanted to be drafted. That's who he went out and got. Right. And it bit him in the butt for it. And, you know, Balky and them got into this, I told you so, you know, because Balky wanted to keep Alex as a starter. And that's that's where it all starts. It's not always about what you want. It's what's best for the team. And that's how you become a great coach. And I don't think Sean or Les will ever have that problem. Well, they butt heads, of course. We all will in life because we're different human beings. But I don't think they'll make that mistake. Yeah, I'm just hoping for a great 20-year, 10-year, similar to what Bill Belichick has. If if we can get to five Super Bowls, let alone, what is it, eight now? Nine now for nine. Tom Brady? Oh, my nine. gosh. And 11 total for that franchise. Isn't that unreal? But then look at this. You said 20 years. Belichick, when he started with the Patriots, was much older. So, I mean, you could really say 30 years with uh, McVay. You could. You could say that, definitely, because – yeah, Bill was in his 40s, you know, when he when he took over that job. So, and Sean's in his 30s. Yeah, you can, he can keep that job until I retire. I don't care. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. All right, let's uh, change directions a little bit. You guys hear, happen to hear what uh, C.J. Anderson had to say regarding people calling him fat? Anyway, baby. <laughs> I've heard a couple I'm different at, responses. I'm at in and out right now. I'm fat too. <laughs> let me let me just for the audience, let me say real quick if they didn't hear. He said, fat, thick, I don't care. They have a tough time tackling me. Everybody who has a comment, just come meet me in the hole. We'll see how that works out for yes. you. <laughs> I did hear that, and you know what? That's probably a culmination of having him ask that question over a couple of weeks' time. It's probably just getting old. Like, dude, shut up. Like my buddy uh, on Facebook called me fat today, and I said, "Listen, fat's a choice. Ugly is a curse, bro." <laughs> <laughs> How are you gonna fix that face, homie? I could just lose weight. Uh, you know, I can go to the gym. Can't fix that face, but he, he got quiet real quick. I'm like, I'm the last person you want to call fat. I don't have that fat guy complex. <laughs> Was he a Raiders fan? Yeah. No, it was one of my best friends I grew up with. He was just busting my nuggets because my wife shared a story on Facebook that says that happy married couples always end up gaining weight together. And uh, so he was like, well, we know it worked for Tommy. I had to give him that ugly as a curse dig. He got quiet real quick after that. So, Matt, bring us to some matchup keys. Biggest matchup the Rams should exploit against the Patriots, man. The Patriots, I feel they got one of the better linebacking cores. The bit the the matchup that you want to see is you want to see play action work well for the Rams on Sunday because when play action's working well, we get we just gash teams for huge plays, explosive plays, right? Twenty plays over or plays over twenty yards, excuse me. So 
I feel like that's going to be the difference maker in this game. Whoever has the most 20 plus yard plays. And I feel like the Rams are set up to do that. And I saw a graphic on Twitter. Um, I wasn't sure if it was ESPN or Fox or whatnot, but they were showing the Patriots defense matched up against the Rams offense. And that's to me, that's where the big matchups are. We, we got to go at them deep. They don't, they're, cornerbacks McCordy the McCordy twins are really good and and they, I mean they got Patrick Chung as safety but I th- there's a weakness there to to exploit especially with running our 11 personnel the way they do with all the ball fakes that they have that's it's going to be I feel like it's going to come easy they're going to find a sweet spot during the game and in finding g- big chunks of yards for the Rams team it's going to be crucial and and like something that we didn't see two Sundays ago right in uh in new orleans we weren't seeing a lot of big plays we only saw what maybe two and they came off of brandon cooks one was just a deep throw and one was to him maybe 10 yards deep and he ran a good 15 20 extra yards so to me that's what we got to find that rack we gotta and we just got to use that play action and and really get teams get the patriots to bite on it and really confuse them because that's the only way we're gonna succeed we got to get the patriots to make mistakes well, I disagree with you. I think the 12 formation is going to be huge, to be honest with you. I think if we just go in there and pound those motherfuckers and put it right down their fucking throat, then they'll fucking bleed like little bitches. Hey, that's fine by yeah. me, too, if they do do that. Stole but... my thunder on the, you stole my thunder on the 12 personnel. Great minds <laughs> think alike. Um, run the ball down their throat, obviously, but they're going to have matchup problems with Higby and Everett, and we got to exploit that, too. Yeah, it's going back to what Brian said the last, well, non-existent podcast due to Matt's technology over there, first-gen Apple desktop. It's, you know, just oh, <laughs> hopefully we could just pound the shit out of the ball and, and fuck them up like the Seahawks did to Denver a few years ago. Like, that's the only way I could – that's the way I see it going if we win. And you, you obviously you got Woods that'll just work the slot too, and you know that's our game right there. Just just run it on them, and so you think take what's open. So you think if the Rams win, Mark, that they'll blow out the Patriots? <clears throat> I, I think they have an opportunity to blow them out. Whether it happens or not, I still think it's going to be ten points or more that they win by. You know what I really want to see. I want to see the Rams win, and I want to see Ryan Clark's reaction. That's what I want to fucking see. The, <laughs> the too, hype. Man. Ryan has been the biggest hype man for us, like flavor, flavor style the whole season, man. I love it. Damn right. You guys want to talk about Drew Brees' ugly mug and his, his sorry sour <laughs> ass on first take? <laughs> Did you see the gif I made? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, though, really, do you, do you blame him, though? Come on. You right. can't blame him. No, yeah. I mean, I feel sorry. I feel sorry, and I would, I, I would, I would, uh, yeah. And, I fucking you know. Besides, besides the Saints, like, I don't like the Saints, but I do like Drew Brees. He's a likable guy. I do, He's too. Fucking I've God. always liked Drew. I agree, yeah. but every time I see him in a commercial now, I'm just, like, laughing, and I'm just happy knowing that my team beat his team. I don't care how the, care how, you know, this a no-call affected the game or didn't affect the game it, it dude ever the more i think about it the more i realize that it didn't 
Like, it didn't affect the game. Like, give me a break. You guys had every opportunity to put your foot on the Rams' neck, and you couldn't do it because you're just not good enough. Look, there's the Brian Rams playing the world's smallest violin. Built that roster, they built that roster purposely the way they did to win the Super Bowl this year, right? At least they knew for this year, hey, we're going all in. <laughs> right. And you traded for Dante Fowler in the middle of the season. What does that tell you? We're going for that Lombardi, and we're going to put this all-star Pro Bowl team on the field, and let's see what you guys can do about it. If the Rams were to lose this Sunday, it would be, for them, it would be embarrassing. They built this team to physically abuse everybody else in the league. They can't lose this game. Let me ask you this, Tommy. Would this, theoretically, if they lose, would this be more devastating than 2002? Ooh. That's a tough one, man. I, I'm going to say yeah for multiple reasons. I mean, we were 14.5-point favorites in that game. Uh, biggest point spread in Super Bowl history, right? It was David, literally David versus Goliath. We were the greatest show on turf. We had a top, what, if not the number one offense that year, number one or two, and top five defense again bringing in guys like Aeneas Williams, right? Because the year before, our defense stunk. So we brought in a couple guys to fix that, got back on top. We should have killed the Patriots, but we'll never know what really happened behind the scenes of that whole week in that game to prove how they knew what we were doing on every single play. I've never seen anything like it. It was a disgrace. Well, they gave us a hard time in the – the regular season that year too, didn't they? If I'm remembering, correctly. they did. We played them. We played them in, yeah. in New England. Yeah, yeah, we beat them 24 to 17. So yeah, we didn't kick their butts yeah. by any stretch of the measure. But for them to know um, exactly what we were doing, you know, and you can yeah. see it when you were watching the game. If you knew football, I was screaming at the TV. How did they know it was going there? You know, like I'm screaming at the TV the whole game. Like this is something ain't right. You know. Yeah, sure enough, no, I just remember Isaac and Tori getting lit up. Yeah, they were getting abused. I, I was thinking yeah. what we need to do is do the same thing to them, jam their receivers right at the line and make sh- and play man against <clears> the running backs. Make sure that whoever's – don't let the running back come out of the backfield on a screen pass. Screen pass is like one of the oldest plays in the NFL ever. I don't even know how it still works, dude. Like how do you not see that coming? It sets up so slow. Even when we do it, I'm like, how do these defenses not sniff this out? They've been playing football their whole life. Like, come on, man. They, they don't that. sniff it out because we throw the ball so damn much. It's like, oh, my God, we got a chance to get to Jared Goff and knock him on his ass. Yep, but they don't have that one guy looking at the running back that's just standing there doing nothing. Oh, why is he just standing there? Oh, yeah, because he's waiting a few seconds until he can peel off and catch a little three-yard pass. Come on, man. Like, ugh, so, Roby Coleman, doing the same thing. so Roby Coleman needs to put some more people on a Waffle House frying pan, is what you're saying? Yeah, especially when you're coming out of the backfield and you're allowed to hit them uh, before five yards is up. Yeah, you should knock them on their butts before they even think about running. Yeah, and see, everybody's worried about Edelman and – I don't know. I, I kind of see us locking him down. I mean, you could only contain him so much, but I don't see him having that huge game. I mean, we stopped Michael Thomas. 
I mean, I know he plays a little bit of a different position on the outside, and but I just don't see Edelman hurting us. No, no, put, we, put we, need to, on him. we we need to stop James White. Yep, that's the guy. I mean, we Not bottled up long. we bottled up the Saints backfield pretty well, and they were they were mix Wade was mixing up the defense with some zone and some man to man really well uh, in the NFC Championship game. And I mean, yeah, like there's no way Wade messes this <clears throat> up defensively, but no. but the over under. Uh, Vegas has the over/under for this game at fifty-six and a half points. So, what are you guys feeling? What what type of football game are we seeing on Sunday? Are we going to see what we saw Week Nine on Monday Night Football, or are we going to see a slugfest that we saw similar, like in uh, in Chicago? It's going to be over. Think so? Oh yeah, I, I think it's going to start slow, but I think it's going to be over. It, it, every freaking Patriots Super Bowl, nobody scores in the first quarter, and in the second half, it's a fucking wild fucking west. Right. <laughs> yeah, what was it? Like, they've scored, like, a combined three points in their Super Bowl since 2002 in the first quarter. Something yeah. stupid like that. Yeah. Yeah, if we come out hot and we get up on them a couple touchdowns, we just got to keep our foots on their neck till the clock says zero. I don't care if we beat them by 40. It doesn't matter. They'll be like, oh, you guys, you know – ran up the score on him. Well, isn't that what we're paid to do? Like, scores well, yeah, you should run the the score. at zero. Who gives a shit? This isn't a, you know, a gentleman's game. <laughs> oh, let me take my foot off the gas like Atlanta and see how that works out for me. Right. No thanks. Yeah, Ray Lewis made an interesting point yesterday on NFL Network. I don't know if any of you guys seen it, but he was talking about how the Patriots struggle against dominant defensive lines. And you go back to the Philly game last year, you know, they, they held them in check and they just, you know, they got in Brady's face. They made them make mistakes. And this year, I mean, the Rams, their defensive line is coming together at the right time. They've played solid football as far as rushing the pasture all year, as far as, you know, the PFF ratings and this, the run, the run stoppings just came together. And it's just, it just feels like, this defensive line has what it takes to make Brady uncomfortable. And so Ray Lewis ended up picking us to win just for that simple matter. And the fact that he was saying that all their success in the AFC is just because they're so used to playing all those teams and dominating them. They know, you know, they know the Chiefs, they know the Dolphins, they know the Jets, and none of those teams really have that good of a defensive line and a defensive scheme that just changes it up on you. Wade Phillips could just mix it up on you and totally confuse you. Yeah. I've been saying this since about like halfway through the season. I feel like this on offense, this Rams team, or just in general in the second half, Sean McVay has been probably one of the better coaches, him and Belichick probably all year have been the superior superior on the superior side of making adjustments coming out of the first half. And offensively, we've seen this team just explode in, in the second half. And I feel like, yeah, we're going to definitely see uh, uh, a lot of points. Like, well, it was ridiculous. It was like, what, 44 points scored in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter in the AFC Championship game. And there was four-point four changes uh, for the Chiefs and the Patriots. And uh, that's... 
if the game came down to that, that would be very nail-biting. It would be exciting football. It would be probably what everyone would love to stick around and see and watch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like the Rams are definitely going to be put pouring it on in the second half. They should be finding that groove that I'm talking about, that I was talking about earlier. And yet, defensively, we, we Wade's, Wade's got this. And, yeah, that defensive line, they're going to win the trench battle against that, those offensive guys. They, they heard the smack coming i'm sure you know they got that bulletin board material easily we were talking about that in in the last episode after the yeah uh, Chip, Chip they emphasizes that tommy believes that he said that matt. right matt brian dude you talk so much i took a nap bro <laughs> <laughs> i've been napping since you were a twinkle in your dad's eye of course <laughs> over under on twinkle in your dad's eye was one and a half You've only brought it up once so far. Wow. I'm oh, surprised. Well, uh, you know, you're a twinkle in the eye and Mark's just a twink, so it's okay. <laughs> this is, I don't know. There's some jiggle right here. Yeah, Mark, Mark Mark's it in and out. He ate himself out of that twink. Uh, oh, no, no, Mark. <laughs> Mark's just a bear. And a... <laughs> looking for a twink. <laughs> you know what the advantage is? that I like is we haven't played the Patriots since when? 2016, right? Or yeah, 2016. Yeah. Jared Goff's rookie year with Jeff Fisher's garbage coaching staff. I watched right? that game this week. Um, <laughs> through a dime for a touchdown in that. And that was yeah, it. Uh, I like that we haven't played them. Um, stepping on the field with them in 2001 <clears throat> in the middle of the season. Uh, gave them an opportunity to physically match up against our players one time before the Super Bowl. Uh, they don't have that opportunity this time to know what they're physically up against, and I think that's a competitive advantage because physically, I think the Rams are a far superior team. Yeah, unfortunately, this this playoff football is all about matchups, and Bill, Bill Belichick is the best. I mean, yeah, in postseason, he's the best at, at finding those mismatches. So I feel like I feel like what we're going to be seeing is what we saw in Seattle and here at the Coliseum against Seattle. I feel like that's the type of game we're going to get. We're going to – Goff's going to need to get a first – you know, a quarterback sneak to get a first down to, to eat the clock up. Or, or just like Russell Wilson was driving down in the last few minutes – the few final seconds of the game, Tom Brady is gonna. There's gonna the ball's gonna, he's gonna have a chance, and, and the and everyone you know it's just that's just the way it is. I feel Tom Brady always has a chance at the end of a game, no matter what. All right, if if the, the Patriots are playing and they're down by less than a touchdown or a touchdown, Tom Brady is gonna fucking figure out a way to fucking do it. He's just he's just been that guy. I'm gonna say and he's I, gonna get an opportunity, just like a lot of these quarterbacks did this year. A lot against us and Aaron Donald is going to make the play to end the game like he did against basically Vikings the Chiefs uh, multiple times against the he's every every time in the fourth quarter Aaron Donald gets it done and he'll get it done again this Sunday people like to just hear people fucking talk shit 